0: Welcome to Owning Scripture, a podcast dedicated to the study and memorization of God's Word. We're so glad you're here. Let's get started. Hey friends, welcome to episode 25 of the Owning Scripture podcast. My name is Andy Lackey and so glad to have you with us once again today as This is a big milestone, episode 25. We've made it through 25 weeks of these recordings, and uh, that means if you have been staying with us all along, then you have memorized at least 25 verses. I would actually say more than that because I know many weeks, such as today, we actually look at more than one verse. But I do want to thank you for joining us. Uh, I really do appreciate you being here. I do not take this for granted. I know there are a lot of things that you could be doing, a lot of podcasts that you could be listening to, but uh, you have chosen to spend a few minutes with us uh, every week, and and I am so thankful for that, and appreciate each and every one of you. I was talking to a lady at our church uh, this weekend, and she was telling me that she listens to the podcast, though she doesn't memorize every verse, but she still enjoys listening to it, and. I want to just encourage all of you and remind you that you don't have to memorize these passages, obviously. You know, I encourage that, and it's wonderful if you can, but that's not the main idea. The main idea is to every week to, to slow down and pause and, and look at a passage to open up your Bible and, and, and see what the Lord may have to say to you through a particular verse and to slow down and let the Word begin to wash over you, begin to change you and to mold you, and to make you become more and more like our Lord and, and Savior, Jesus Christ. That, that's what this podcast is all about. And today, we are continuing along this, this Roman's road of salvation, and today is our final stop. Uh, this is our fourth and final stop, and I think this is very appropriate because this is Easter week, this is Holy Week, this is an exciting week for all of us of, of, of faith uh, who declare Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and I do pray this is a special week for you and, and for your family. And The first stop along the Romans Road was back in Romans 3.23, where we learned that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And We then went on to Romans 6.23, where we saw that the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then last week, we made a stop along Romans chapter 5, verse 8, where we saw that God shows his love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And today, our final stop takes us to Romans chapter 10, and we'll be looking at verses 9 and 10. So if you have your Bibles, we'll be looking at Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, where Paul writes, "'Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord,' and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. And oh, these are two great passages here in Romans 10, verses 9 and 10. These are passages that have been cherished by Christians ever since they were penned by the Apostle Paul. You know, they they let us see how... One can truly become a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yet, I think, unfortunately, these words have been rejected, and they've also been abused by so many. It just seems too easy. It just seems too simple to think that we can just confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. If that's all we do, then we're saved. Yet the beauty, the beauty of the gospel is in its simplicity. It's not based upon a complex set of do's and don'ts. It's simple enough for even a child. Even a child can understand that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, the Lord of our life, and we believe that God raised him from the dead, that we can be saved. But notice here in verse 9 that this faith, this faith that we confess with our mouth, this faith that shows us that we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, this is a simple faith, but it's also a, a saving faith. And what I want you to see that a saving faith is more than just intellectual knowledge. You see, this is more than just some type of abstract idea. Jesus is not an abstract idea. Jesus is our Lord. And so according to the Bible, a saving faith is a, it's a living faith that leads to a right conduct, a right way of living. It involves a personal heart response. It involves a commitment to Jesus Christ as Lord. And I think it also involves repentance. Repentance. You see, the Bible's use of this word repentance always implies a change of our life direction, specifically turning from our sin. It's sort of like the flip side of faith. You see, in conversion, we turn from sin, which is repentance, which is one side of the coin, but on the other side, we turn to Jesus, which is our faith. You see, Jesus as our Lord means that we follow him. You see, he did not call us to mere intellectual assent to who he was, but rather to become his disciples. His call was, follow me. What did Jesus always tell those people he encountered? He always said, follow me. In Matthew 4, 19, it says, He said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Matthew 9, 9. It says, As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, Follow me. And he rose and followed him. Over in Matthew 10, 38, we read that he says, And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. In Matthew 16, 24, Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. To the rich young ruler, Jesus says, If you would be perfect, go, sell what you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. You see, for us to be truly saved, as Jesus says, we must confess with our mouth that Jesus is our Lord and, and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. And if you have been saved, I'm not trying to convince you that you're not. I'm not trying to get you to to begin to to doubt your salvation. I just want all of us to see that if there is no evidence of the new life in our own life or, or in the life of someone else, then there is no new life. And if there is no new life, then that individual is not a disciple. That individual is not a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the great author A.W. Tozer once wrote these words, "'Years ago, no one would ever dare to rise in a meeting and say, "'I am a Christian,' if he had not surrendered his whole being to God "'and had taken Jesus Christ as his Lord as well as his Savior "'and had brought himself under the obedience to the will of the Lord. "'It was only then that he could say, "'I am saved.'" Today we let them say that they are saved no matter how imperfect or incomplete the transaction with the provision that the deeper Christian life can be tacked on at some time in the future. Can it be that we really think that we do not owe Jesus our obedience? This is bad teaching, brethren. And notice what Paul says here in verse 10 of our passage today. He says, For with the heart one believes and is justified. With the heart... It's with our heart that we believe. You see, Paul was telling us that faith is a matter of our whole being. It's a matter of our intellect, our will, and our emotions. And that is how the Bible often depicts the heart, this composition of our intellect, our will, and our emotions. You see, the faith that saves is the faith that takes all that we are and commits it all to who Jesus Christ is. I'm sure many of you are familiar with Cory Ten Boom, a survivor of the Holocaust. And, and she describes a time which happened years after that she was delivered from this uh, Nazi uh, death camp, that she was confronted by one of these brutal German guards who had also been responsible for the death of her sister. Her sister's name was Betsy. But this guard had become a Christian, and he had come forward and began to ask Cory Ten Boom for her forgiveness. And she describes how this was such a struggle for her. But she says, at last, the Holy Spirit had his way. And finally, she reached out and she grabbed the outstretched hand of her former persecutor. And she responded this way, yes, I do forgive you. And then she added these words, with all my heart, with all of her inner being. You see, with all of our heart means that our core belief in Christ is sincere. It's wholehearted. It comes from the core of who we are. Notice Paul also says that with the mouth one confesses. Yes, we are to confess him with our mouths, which we do publicly, which we do audibly, which we do openly. But a simple public testimony in a church service is not the only way that we make this public confession. James Boyce notes various ways that we can make such a profession. He says we do it by our worship, by the way, we come in on a Sunday morning and worship alongside our other brothers and sisters in Christ. We do it by our sacraments, the sacraments of, of our baptism, uh, by taking up the Lord's Supper. We make this public confession by how we carry out our day-to-day business. We make this public confession by how we reach out to others and share the good news of the gospel. We make this public confession by how we respond to the trials and the tribulations of life. And boy, haven't we seen that play out in the lives of many here at our church family over the, over the past year. And he says we also confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord right up until our death. As a pastor here at Western Avenue Baptist Church, you know I've had the opportunity to see many great men and women confess Jesus Christ as their Lord right up to the very end. And I'll be honest with you, it's one of the greatest privileges of my life to be able to witness such faith and trust in the Lord during such times. You know, John Bunyan, the man who is probably best well known for writing the Pilgrim's Progress, said these words as he died. He said, weep not for me, but for yourselves. I go to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will, no doubt, through the mediation of his blessed Son, receive me, though a sinner. We shall all in time meet to sing the new song, and remain everlastingly happy, world without end. Amen. You see, friends, both of these verses, which we find on our final stop along the Romans road of salvation, give us confidence and give us assurance that if we believe in our hearts that Jesus is the Son of God, that he is both Lord and Savior, and also believe that God has raised him from the dead, and that we, if we confess him as Lord before other people, We will be justified by God, being forgiven of all of our sin, and we will be saved, not only now or in the future days, but also at the final judgment. And this is why we call the gospel the good news. (laughs) It is good news, isn't it? It's great news. It's the greatest message ever in the history of mankind, and there is nothing so important in life as to believe on and confess Jesus Christ as your Lord. There is no greater result than the salvation to be gained by receiving and acting upon the gospel. Because as Paul writes here in Romans chapter 10, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Well, friends, that will do it for this week's episode. It's been so great to have you with us this week. I pray that you enjoy this holy week. Take time this week to, to savor our Savior. Don't let this week pass you by without taking time to get along with the Lord, get along with Jesus. Just spend some time with Him, hang out with Him, fellowship with Him, pray to Him, and thank Him for what He did for us 2,000 years ago when he laid down his life for you and for me. Well, happy Easter to you and your family. I love you all, and I'm so thankful for each and every one of you. Until next time, God bless you.